You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. This is Roger B. The show is locked and loaded, and it's on America's Web Radio. Today, we're going to talk about some gun stuff. We're going to talk about some gun politics, and we're going to talk about preparation. And I know, um, I know Victor touched on this in the last preparation, hour. Preparation, preparation. But I know he talked about this in the last hour. It's like, apparently, okay, let's just assume, okay, the votes have all been counted. Everything's said and done. The Democrats have won the election. Okay. So, you know what? You're going to lick your wounds. You come out in two years. You vote again. Try and change things around a little bit. Actually, and there's a lot of elections coming up in the next month or so. But let me tell you what you're going to have to deal with in the meantime. Now, this is from a month or so ago, but this is a Florida Democrat who suggested it's now open season on killing Republicans and the president. (laughs) She actually came out with a tweet that said, okay, somebody somebody had uh, been killed and they were a Trump supporter. She says, oh, but it's not a big deal because he was a bad guy. So because someone is a Trump supporter and they're killed, it's okay. It's okay to kill people if they disagree with you politically. But her tweet was just like, I mean, it's it was unbelievable that she was trying to say she made a list of people in Trump's cabinet or in his administration that she thought were going to be available for killing now or for a harassment or destruction. I mean, they honestly believe this is okay. Imagine if a Republican had said that. Mm. And then, of course, someone goes, oh, publishing a hit list. Hillary would be so proud. <laughs> but then someone said, no, Hillary would be annoyed that someone is stepping on her turf. <laughs> That's right, using her tactics without permission. But she listed a bunch, and she's and she is running for office in Florida. And this lady has come out and said what? it's open season on killing Trump supporters. And that she's trying to hold them accountable for whatever... Well, theoretical crime she has come up with that they've committed. Wasn't it Maxine Waters who said if you see a Trump supporter or harass them in a gas station you go push back on them. Yeah, you harass them, you yell at them, you you chase them out of there. She said to get a mob together and go after them. And go after them. So apparently apparently even though they've won, they're going to be sore winners about this and they're going to try and continue the violence. That's a great point, Roger. They're never satisfied. Right. It's 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 ridiculous. And the thing is, this is just a continuation of the violence we saw before the election. And I, I was just I would just be so curious to see what kind of violence would have ensued had they lost. Well, oh, my goodness. I mean, there our country Democrat, may have fallen apart at that point. Every Democrat voter would have a new flat screen TV. That's right. The looting and the rioting and the burning would just be yeah. re- rego- it would be off the charts. That's a good point, Roger, because. You, you look, they're sore winners, and the reason is, is because they will not be happy until they transform this country away from freedom. So that means they got to get the Second Amendment gone. they got to get the First Amendment gone. Then maybe they'll be happy. Well, you know, there was something I had read earlier. There was a guy who does a, a little uh, – he does a website out of Texas. I'm going to see if I can find this uh, tweet that he made because it was brilliant. I mean, it's it's – I don't know if it was old or not, but I believe it was. But he basically said, oh, let's see if I can find this real quick. Here we go. You need some Jeopardy music. Yeah, I know, for me to find this stuff. But it was basically something about, uh, hmm, I'm going to have to find it during a break. But he was saying, I would rather have trouble in my time. I would rather have to fight now 
so that my children and grandchildren don't have to fight. Don't have to fight. Yeah, I've seen that. You know, and it's it's just it makes so much sense because you got to realize if you're prepared for and you're willing to sacrifice for your kids, for your grandkids, for future generations, that's what it's going to take if it comes down. If this lady starts getting out there and getting mobs together, going after people who she thought were Trump supporters, going after them to harass, kill, kill their lifestyle, you know, destroy their homes. I believe that quote was uh, from one of our founding fathers. Probably, but I can't remember which one. I think it was, because I know that quote, and I can't... Fight in our time, fight in my time, not in my time. Fight in my time, not in your time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And and I, David, you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right, because I... In fact, I came across that quote not too long ago, and I cannot remember who said it, but I'm going to look that up. Here, okay, here's here's one way it's put. We all place ourselves in danger to one degree or another when we stand up. But we place our children and grandchildren in even greater danger when we don't. When we don't. Yeah. It's another way to put it. It's like, if you don't stand up now, your children and grandchildren are going to have to fight for this later. At some point. And also, what if, they, what if they take away our Second Amendment rights? Your grandchildren and children will never have that right. They'll never be able to stand up. They'll never have the ability to lose, fight off tyrants. If we lose our Second Amendment right, then we're, we will only be a few generations away from a generation never knowing freedom. Oh, yeah. It, it'll, it'll be well on its freedom way. It doesn't exist without an, uh, an armed populace. I mean, well, we've said it a hundred times here. There would be no First Amendment without a Second without Amendment. A second. Well, look, I believe it was Jefferson who said... The, the government should fear the people. The people should never fear their government. So any republic or any country that's freedom and liberty, which is only the United States, you cannot survive if the government can can put fear into people. He also the said the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood, the blood of, patriots of patriots and tyrants. With the blood of patriots. And that's 100% true. And like I say, this last election, there were so many questions about legitimacy of votes and ballots and stuff mm-hmm. like this. I was reading an article, 450,000 people in California refused jury duty because they were not citizens. The only way to get on the list to be called for jury duty is to be a registered voter. Right. What does that tell you? Yeah. 450,000 illegals are registered, are to, registered vote? to vote? At least? At that's least. that's just the ones who were called for jury service. Yeah. It's messed up. But that's your Democrat party. So, and and I know right now, if those of you who are looking for guns, the guns are out there. They're a little higher priced than they have been, but there's right. still some there deals. The supply chain on the guns is filling up pretty fast. Ammo, however, is becoming... Ammo, different story. A huge problem. There's still spots where you can occasionally find it here and there for reasonable prices, but it is until everybody stocks up, which is much as they think they need, which <laughs> which <laughs> is I mean, never enough. I have too much ammo. Said nobody ever. Said no gun owner ever. <laughs> ever. Right. Yeah. But if these guys are coming after us, I mean, because we're there's a, who is it? Uh, Zach Braft and uh, oh, who's the guy who plays Captain America? Chris Evans. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They want to make a list of Trump supporters or uh, backers and make them he, and put them on some sort of blacklist. Are you serious? He doesn't deserve to wear the Captain America uniform. I know. It's just it's ridiculous that these people honestly think that they can persecute people who don't believe the same politically as they do. It's because they're clueless. And that's, I mean, that's third world countries to a T. That's Marxism. It's communism. It's fascism. It's fascism. When, when all of these countries that are despots, that's where you find lists of people that they go after because they disagree with them. 
Yeah. And that's what your Democrat Party wants. It's messed up. So I'm going to tell you, be careful out there. Be careful who you talk to at work. Be careful which neighbors you talk to about if you have a gun or you don't. Because you know what? It's only going to get worse. And if you're not prepared, and and part of being prepared is going to be not, people not knowing everything you've got, not knowing where you stand on certain issues. Don't give them any ammunition to use against you unless you are sure they are like-minded. And in which case, in that case, you want to prepare with your neighbors. You want to prepare with workmates if something were to fall apart. If the other party were to come after everybody who voted the the way they didn't, I mean, I would hope that would never happen in our country, but I've said I would hope people wouldn't riot in the streets protecting rapists, but apparently that's happened already, so it's on its way. I mean, there was, what is his name, uh, Jacob Blake or something? It was a convicted rapist, and these people are rioting in the streets to defend his good name after he went back sexually assaulted the girl he had raped years before and served prison time for. And these are the that's a hero to the Democrats. That's the people these people want to support. That's the people they want to back. That's the people they want to put on a pedestal and say, these are the people we need to look out for. These are our heroes. Yeah. And when they come down to defunding the police, where who who are you going to call on? Who are you going to ask to help you? You probably can't help get help from too many people at that point. Unless you prepare in advance. You don't get to the point where you panic. Always prepare over panic. And there are things you can do. Okay, let's talk guns for a minute. We're going to say, okay, let's prepare. You're going to have your guns. You're going to have your ammunition. You're going to have your guns cleaned. You're going to have them protected against possible rust. Because other than politicians, rust is one of the number one enemies of any gun. Make sure they're in good working order. If you haven't shot in a while, if you have the ammo available, shoot. Get, get your skills honed a little bit. If you have rifles with scopes on them, I haven't shot them in a while, make sure they're still sighted in. That's so important. I used to know a guy who went deer hunting every year, and he would just take his gun out of his case and go deer hunting. Never sight, For years, he would never sight the gun or check the zero on it from year to year. And he used to miss a lot. And I was thinking it was probably because he did not sight in his weapon. He banged it around in the woods or knocked it around going up and down to a tree stand or stalking or whatever he was doing, and he never checked it again to make sure it was in line. These are the, these are, this is the kind of preparation you need to make. And if you have a chance, take a skill-building class somewhere. Learn how to draw from a holster if you don't know already. If you do know already, practice it with an empty weapon. Practice your skills. Make sure you know how to do it. Keep in mind the four rules of gun safety all the time. Treat every gun as if it were loaded. Do not point the gun at anything you do not intend to shoot. Keep your finger off the trigger until you are up on target, ready to shoot, and always be aware of your backstop and what's behind it. So keep those in mind when you're practicing with any kind of weapon. Now, one thing that's probably going to become very popular is... Um, simulators. There are things you can buy for your pistols and rifles where it has a laser-triggered pulse that comes out of the barrel. It goes into a cartridge that fits in the weapon. You fire it. It shoots a laser pulse, and you shoot it onto a screen where it registers your hits and misses. And this would be something that would be easy to set up in a basement, and you could simulate long range. Now, granted, you don't get the recoil. You don't get wind. You don't get you know noise. You don't get atmospheric conditions but you know it's a way to start 
if you can if you can just get the practice in, you can add those factors in later. Now, I don't know. I haven't researched this thoroughly, but I need to look at it and see if there are any where there might be ways to get wind atmospheric conditions, you know, curvature of the earth, spin drift, everything else that's incorporated into a long shot. But until that day comes, practice with something. Even one easy way is use um air air rifles, air air rifles, air pistols. You can most if you have a residential backyard, you can probably shoot in the backyard with a proper trap. If you don't have a proper trap, you can probably build one with old magazines, old newspapers, any kind of thick enough paper will stop almost any of these pellets or BBs. Practice, practice, practice. Make sure you are prepared because when the time comes, if something doesn't work, you're going to wish you had spent 10 times as much time preparing as you will panicking. So, okay, that's probably enough of that. I don't want anyone to get too excited and get too worked up because hopefully this will never become an issue. That's what I'm hoping for, that no one will ever have to fight to... I mean, to maintain the rights that we've been given. Well, actually, if you look at the Constitution, it doesn't give us rights. It limits what the government can do to infringe on our rights. But that's a story for another day. Right now, I have a safety announcement I have to make. If you have a Smith & Wesson M&P Shield EZ pistol, it is currently under recall. There are two M&P Shield EZ pistols that have hammers which are manufactured by the supplier that can crack. And in those firearms, the hammer failed to fully engage the sear, causing the round to fire, cycling the slide, and potentially resulting in multiple discharges without depressing the trigger. So be aware of this. If you have a Smith & Wesson Shield EZ, look this up. Find out if yours is one of the ones under recall and get it repaired. Now, they claim the gun will not fire if the grip safety is not depressed. So if you're not holding it, it shouldn't be able to fire by itself. And they only found it in two of the hammers in two of the models. So be sure you check your pistol, check your serial numbers, and see if it needs to be done. You can bring it to... Let's see if they say, I think you can send it back. Any Smith & Wesson Repair Center can handle this, and they'll probably just replace the hammer with the newer, stronger one to keep it from having these issues. And they say it's it hasn't actually happened to anybody who has purchased a weapon. They've noticed it during their testing. So they're asking all Smith & Wesson Shield Easy Shield owners to go check the website. And I'm going to give you a quick phone number here, 888 888- Eight seven one seven one one four. That's eight 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 seven one seven one one four. That's the number for Smith and Wesson. Call them if you think you have one of these pistols and get it looked at as soon as possible. They will tell you if yours is included in the recall or not, because you never want to have a gun that's unsafe. That's that's just a horrible thing to have to think about, you know, because then it's much easier to have a. a inconsequential discharges, negligent discharges can happen with a pistol where the safety mechanism or the firing mechanism is not performing flawlessly. So even though it's probably never going to be a problem, look it up, call, find out for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. And I want to remind everybody that if you're a graduating senior... 
high school senior and you haven't quite made up your mind what you want to do or you have made up your mind and you want to continue you've been in junior rotc and you want to go on to regular rotc and make a career of the military the georgia military veterans hall of fame has a scholarship and uh, it's worth applying for and looking into so don't forget it the georgia military veterans hall of fame give them a call and tell them you heard about it on america's web radio and check it out see what it's going to be like to uh be in regular rotc and if that's what you're wanting to do and looking forward to making a career of it god bless you we need all of it the statistic is only one percent of the united states of the population joins the military that's deplorable that's absolutely sickening when we have the greatest country in the world with that being said we'll play this and then we'll be back with roger b In the U.S. Army, with training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and we're back on America's Web Radio. Just before we left, we were talking about the Smith & Wesson recall on the Smith & Wesson Shield Easy Pistol. So if you have one, look it up, find the phone number, call, get it checked out. Don't want to have anybody having any accidents with any type of firearm. But sometimes you don't need to have a firearm to defend yourself. Sometimes it's just about having the sheer will. Apparently in Los Angeles, a man breaks into the home of his estranged girlfriend. He broke in, started attacking his estranged girlfriend, punching her in the face, trying to choke her, and apparently the woman's daughter and mother decided they were going to protect this woman in their house and take care of them. The daughter protect the mother and the mother protect her daughter, and they were going to beat this guy. So they didn't have any guns because it is California and it's difficult to get one, and even if you do get one. So they grabbed a golf club and a kitchen knife and proceeded to beat this guy and stab him with a kitchen knife. <laughs> and they managed to kill him, which is probably good. He was a DRT, dead right there. So, But they were well within their rights to act in defense of their sister in this case, and the police are not pressing charges against the mother or the daughter. She was beaten and hospitalized after the attack. She had lacerations to her face. She had bruises. They did not indicate her condition at the time of the attack, but she has since been released from the hospital. But this guy was beating on his estranged girlfriend, and he paid the ultimate price for it. Probably very good that that happened. In fact, there was a, another story where somebody was beating somebody with a flagpole so hard that the flagpole actually broke. And the police took up a collection to buy her a new flagpole and flag. <laughs> but okay, so be careful. You know, just because if you're a bad guy, go ahead, break into a house. If you don't, if you're not prepared, you may get beaten to death with a golf club. That would be just poetic justice in its best form. Okay, we're going to get back to this preparation thing because I really think now is going to be the time when you need to start preparing your weapons, preparing just in case. I'm not saying anybody needs to use anything. I'm hoping the justice system still works properly and people will still be treated with respect and fairness. 
although it seems as if some of the fairness has gone out of things as they've been releasing the burning, the burners, the looters, the murderers, the rioters. They've been releasing them on a revolving door system through most of the prisons. Even when they do get in trouble, they turn them right back out on the street to go do it again. So be aware, these people who normally will commit violent acts are being released right back into the public. So you have to be your family and your own first responder. You can't rely on the police talked about last week there were cities where police departments were just not answering calls for domestic violence or for issues where they felt like they may run into a situation where they wouldn't want to have to make a split second decision and maybe have to shoot somebody they were just taking their time responding or getting there late or not responding at all they were deprioritizing the phone the the calls to the radio because they didn't want to get mixed up in something like that when you don't have the police protected by the people who rule over them or rule over them or are their senior officers, senior commanders, their commander in chiefs, if you don't have their backing, the police departments are going to become useless. They'll write tickets, they'll collect money and that's all they're going to do. When you really need a police officer for protection or for you know to deal with a legal problem, they're not going to be there because they don't want to get involved. They don't want to be prosecuted for something that is their job. They don't want to take that chance. Why should they put themselves and their families at risk? All these police officers who were involved in some of these shootings, even though they were completely justified, they were just chastised. Their families were being harassed. The police officers were being threatened. Why would they want to put up with this? And the cities, the city's mayors and the governors were not standing behind their own police officers. They were not backing them up. So... You may have to take care of yourself sooner than you think. You may have to be prepared to stand up to somebody willing to take your life, take your rights, take your property sooner than you believe it might happen. And like I say, it never hurts to be prepared. I always say preparedness over panic any day of the week. If you don't have toilet paper, you should have had a couple cases on hand. Actually, I think we're starting that again. I think I went to the Costco the other day. There were people with six, seven, eight packs of toilet paper in their cart and trying to check out. I was going, what are these people doing? How much crap do they have to deal with? <laughs> but anyway, be prepared. Now we're going to talk about something. Now, this is probably common sense to a lot of people, but I'm going to just go over it real quick. This was an article I found in actually Field and Stream Online. They were talking about practicing to make long-range hits. Now, this could be for hunting, for target practice, anything like this. It's a skill that everybody should have to some extent. And now, most people will tell you, oh, I'm better with a rifle than I am with a pistol. Well, that's a given. A pistol only has your two hands on it, and that's the only point it secures at two points. A rifle has three points of security, two hands, and a shoulder or body part. So that's something that everybody's usually better with a rifle than a pistol. Not usually an issue. But anyway, we're talking about hitting your target at a long range. Number one, if you can, get in the prone position. Lay down on the ground. Make your body stable. Flatten your feet out. Get down behind the gun. Set it down on a bipod or rest, whatever you happen to have. A bipod would be ideal. Set it down. Get as steady as you can with as little contact to the weapon as possible other than to secure it. So that's something you always shoot better in a prone position. You control the felt recoil and you establish more consistent shots in a prone position. 
Two, if you're using a bipod, dig the legs into the ground a little bit. Secure them. Don't just plop them on top of something, on top of the dirt. Dig them in a little bit to where they have some stability. Make sure the platform allows you to load up. by. When I say load up, I mean put a little pressure on it, a little tension to keep it from from swaying by you just holding it or gripping it. It'll also keep you from when you're breathing or heartbeats from from adjusting the from changing the impact point of the rifle too. So you want to make sure it's secure. It should be supported by the bipod and your shoulder. The only other hand on the gun should be your finger on the trigger and that hand on the if you're right-handed, the right hand should be very light on the gun. It should be resting on the ground on the bipod and dug into your shoulder. Third, if you have a parallax adjustment on your scope, set it. Now parallax will adjust the scope lenses for distance because if the parallax adjustment is not set set correctly you can get a fuzzy picture you can have point of impacts can be changed most of them have preset some have adjustable if you have adjustable make sure it's set some have adjustable objective lenses where you set the objective lens for the approximate range this helps give you a clearest picture clearest picture of the reticle on the target and will allow you to take a shot and get the reticle not to move while it's on the target. Fourth, elevation. This is hard to do because you have to know your range, you have to know your bullet's drop, you have to know the ballistics of the bullet you're actually firing. Now, a shooter who does this all the time will call this his dope. That is, uh, what is it, the drop open I, I forget i'm gonna have to look that up too but anyway he'll have a table of ballistics a lot of times you'll see a guy with a piece of paper taped on the side of his stock it'll have the ranges it'll have the bullet drop for each range it should have a bullet weight of what type of bullet he's using the cartridge he's firing and these are going to be adjustable sometimes for temperature for wind for uh, humidity, atmospheric conditions will play a part in this depending on how far out you go. Now, if you're shooting one, two, three hundred yards, that's probably not going to be an issue. You get beyond that, though, and you're going to have to start paying attention to other factors that most people don't. And this is stuff that you can do in preparation. Always prepare. Having a rifle that shoots true and you know is sighted in is is an invaluable tool. And right now, with the price of ammo, you can't go out there and just blast away like you normally would unless you have just a ridiculous amount of ammo. But if you want to shoot and you still want to conserve ammo, long-range shooting is the way to do it because you shoot a lot less. You're shooting a lot slower. Each shot could take several minutes while you make adjustments, make corrections, make, you know, you do measurements for wind, for temperature, for humidity. Make sure everything is set just right between shots. Ideally, you want to have a one-hole group at a couple hundred yards would be fantastic. Of course, that's something that's difficult to come by. But, you know, it's always nice to try and attain the best thing you possibly can. Try and do the best you can. Number five, make windage corrections. This is extremely important with wind. Now, if you're shooting an indoor range or someplace between two mountains where there's no wind, that's not going to be as big of a factor. But always be prepared to make adjustments for that and know what it's going to take, depending on whether you can tell how fast the wind is blowing. Know your reticle, too. Know how it's going to be adjusted. Do you have hold over, hold to the left, hold to the right? Wait until the shot is is right before you take it. 
That's the whole deal. Long-range shooting can take you all day to shoot 20, 30, 40, 50 rounds. It could take all day. Well, if you're shooting an AR-15 at watermelons, you're going to go through 50 rounds a lot quicker. <laughs> Number six, obviously, take the safety off, but not until you're absolutely ready to shoot. Assume all guns are loaded. Never point the gun at anything you don't intend to shoot. Mm, all four guns, all four gun safety rules are in in place here. All of them have to be followed, no matter what kind of shooting you're doing. Now, this is uh, number seven is an interesting thing that a lot of people don't do with long range shooting. Normally, when you shoot in a stand up position or a sit- sitting position, you're going to have your strong hand on the pistol grip finger near the trigger and your other hand will be supported underneath the forearm now if you're in a prone position with the rifle supported on a sandbag or a bipod or something like that then you want to take that other hand that normally goes under the forearm and you want to curl it back around underneath yourself and stick it under the edge of the buttstock just to give it like a monopod almost a pot uh, a, a place to support it in the back of the rifle You'll have your right hand or your strong hand on the gun. Your weak hand will be tucked around underneath you, underneath the buttstock. That gives you a little bit more support of the weapon and enables you to be very stable because your arm is all folded up, so it's going to be much tighter fit. It's going to be less movement than if it's extended out. That's why shooting in prone is one of the most accurate positions to shoot in. Step eight, easy. Take a deep breath. And if you have to, take several. Just go slow and easy and make sure before you shoot, you breathe in deeply and you let it out very slowly. And about halfway through that outward breath, your body's going to be at its steadiest point. And if you miss it the first time or second time or third time, keep doing it until you get a rhythm and you can realize when that point is. That's when you pull the trigger. Well, you don't pull the trigger. You squeeze the trigger and you let it fly. You send it. Exhale gently. Don't breathe fast and strong like you're a distance runner. You want to just be able to break the shot with your lungs about half full, almost a neutral. You don't want to have pressure in. You don't want to have pressure out. You don't want to have reverse pressure or pressure forward. You want to have a neutral pressure in your lungs, and that's when your body is the most steady. And when you when you press the trigger, don't yank it. Don't pull it. Be sure your finger is on the trigger in a proper position. Usually just the front pad of the trigger finger will be touching the trigger, and you try and pull straight back. You try not to yank to one side or the other because that will affect your shot. Now, you need to know kind of when this gun's going to fire. They say, oh, it should surprise you. No, it should not surprise you. You should know when it's going to break, and you should make it a point to know that trigger. You know when you squeeze a certain point, you're getting there. Okay, that's the breaking point. I'm going to pull it and break. Two-stage triggers are probably easier to learn like this because you take up some of the slack first, and then the trigger is going to break more precisely, especially in a rifle. Now, these rules don't apply to pistol shooting. Pistol shooting is a whole different sport. Some Some of these will, but a lot of these will not. But distance shooting is something that's easy to practice right now because ammo prices are high. Now would be the time to use that scope rifle. You can go through a box of ammo in an afternoon, and you can make sure it's sighted in properly. Remember, one ounce of preparation is worth 10 pounds of panic. So don't panic. Don't get excited. Practice. But practice stuff you don't normally do, perhaps. Or practice something that's a skill. Whatever your weakest skill is, that's what you need to practice. Practice until you mess up. 
that's where you know you you go to that point you go until you mess it up then you back it down and you try and get past that point one more time always have a little bit further to go if you know where your failure point is going to be then you know you can go right up to it and still succeed so that's something to be done during these times of limited ammo and have a Have a what? Have a plan. Yes, always. You know, after you shoot, I don't know of a weapon that doesn't go off a flash. Even, oh, most even of the them. the most sophisticated uh, AR-15s. Oh, right. Still give off a flash. Unless you so, have a big suppressor on the end of it, then you may not see a flash, but that's... The you chances know. of that are slim and none. Well, so, you give off a flash... Who is going to see that? Possibly? Right, day or night is going to make a difference too. During the day, bright sunlight, it'd be a lot harder to see it. At night, it's going to look like a fireball. <laughs> so the point of my story is, if you're if you're looking at two uh, prospective kills as opposed to just one, uh, have a plan because his buddy just saw the flash and knows approximately where you are. Possibly, so, yes. You need to have your plan. I take one shot and I go over here. Right. I take second shot. I go over here. Have that plan. Right. Yeah. If you're that's in a combat situation, you need to know that. We're just talking about practicing with the rifle on paper. So you know we're not shooting anybody yet or any. And I don't think deer would be aware of the flash necessarily. <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> they'd be blinded and they'd look like two yeah. eyes and a headlight. And I don't think you're supposed to shoot deer at night anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you should tell Lyndon Johnson that. Oh. He it's, might be hard to reach, but you should mm, tell him that. Yeah. And be aware, if you are hunting, follow all the hunting rules, all the regulations. You know, there are a lot of them, and make sure you follow them properly. And most important, be safe. But I'm just saying, long-range shooting right now would be something that would be easy to practice because it doesn't require a lot of ammo. You know, you mentioned be safe. There's two ends of that be safe your end of it and what you're shooting end of it right that's well, n- number four of the gun safety rules you know. be aware of your backstop and what's behind it right <laughs> always know what's behind i mean if you're shooting at a big dirt wall and you know there's nothing but dirt behind it you're good if you're shooting into a bunch of woods and you think oh one of the trees may catch it you need to know how many trees there are between you and the next house you know, you don't want to have one bullet just, you know, be that one in a million that makes it through three acres of forest. You know, we had an incident in uh, Alpharetta the other night that uh, I, 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 I just, I don't know what to say other than it was a drive-by shooting at Whoa. nothing. Hmm, that's odd. Just somebody driving along and wanted to shoot at something, and uh, they didn't catch him. But I hope they do eventually. But apparently there was a shot fired and they didn't hit anything of any consequence, I guess? Or Exactly. Huh. But a shot and just a drive-by. And on one on old Alabama, which happens to be a... Oh, wow. That's a pretty busy street. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if they were shooting at road signs. Or maybe they just discharged a weapon out the window just to try it. <laughs> you know, something like that that just makes... You know, the only sense you can say is, what a waste of ammunition. Right. And at least that bozo doesn't have one more shot. 
Or yeah, let's hope not. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's always going to be people who don't follow the safety rules. Going to be people getting in trouble. I've seen it happen. You know, I've seen people not keep their finger off the trigger when they're not shooting and end up firing around into themselves. It's happened. He was okay, but still, it happened. Of course, you see something like that, and instantly, you become much safer. Because they say a smart person learns from their mistakes. A very smart person learns from other people's mistakes. So pay attention. If you see somebody doing something wrong, pay attention. Learn from their mistakes. And get away from them. Yes. Keep your distance or... If you think they might be willing to listen to you, you may try and correct them, as I've had to do. I was a range safety officer for a while, and I had to go in there and correct people when they were doing anything that was unsafe. And most of the time, people were very understanding. Oh, I missed that. I forgot. I, you know, whatever. And they corrected their behavior. Every now and then, I get somebody who is being a little belligerent or thinking they know more than they really did. And I had to uh, exert a little more force to get them to comply. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully that was only a couple of times. Now, most everybody wants to be safe. They don't want to have accidents on the range. That's, you know, that's ridiculous. Nobody wants to get shot by accident or shoot anybody by accident. But yet you see you see negligent discharges all the time. There, YouTube is full of videos of people accidentally shooting things. In fact, there was one where an instructor accidentally has a discharge. Fortunately, it was pointed in a safe direction. But you could tell he was not anticipating that weapon going off when it did because it scares him pretty good and then he tries to come back and say oh yeah i meant to do that (laughs) but you can tell from the video he clearly was shocked yes he was surprised when it happened Hmm. so i it's sort of like the guy that that um wants to put it on full automatic and uh be whoever rambo rambo or something (laughs) And, uh, you know, if you understand weapons, the last place that you put an AR-15 or AK-47 or anything else is on full automatic. You probably wouldn't hit the side of a barn. For practical purposes, yes, but it is fun. (laughs) (laughs) If you just want to burn up a, a clip of ammo, sure, go ahead and do it just to try it. And actually, there are ways to do it. Where it can be more accurate, but you ha- it's usually not just pull the trigger and hold it. You have to shoot in short bursts and keep it repositioning on your shoulder or keep your sights online when you do it. Yeah, it's fun, but generally speaking, not effective. Not, not as accurate in most rifles. Now, in some um, pistol caliber carbines, like a 9mm rifle, much easier to hold on target through rapid fire, especially certain ones because they're designed for the recoil to come straight back. Instead of to kick the gun up, they keep it straight back so it's in line with the barrel. The HK MP5 is one of the ones that was brilliantly designed for this. You can sit there and pull that trigger and hold it. If you're on target, chances are every round's going to hit within a few inches of your initial spot. If you have any kind of training with it at all, works great. While a Mac 11, oh my God, it's going to be sky high before the end of the magazine. <laughs> it's totally different design and it's not meant for full auto firing for long periods of time. And I'm sure somebody out there saying, I can do it. Well, maybe you can, but it takes a lot more training to work with that one. But yes, be careful, especially in this day and age. You can't afford to waste that much ammo. No. My gosh, it's crazy. The prices are getting insane. But I hope soon the pipeline will fill in a little bit. Prices will start to drop. Things should normal out a little bit, unless, of course, Biden gets his way. Now, him and Harris have come up with this 
dare I say, illegal gun scheme to try and take guns away from people. And unfortunately, I didn't print it, but I did do have it on my phone to read to you some of the things. The worst thing, I think, is they're going to try and make semi-automatic military-style weapons Class 3 weapons. What this means is you're going to have to register your AR-15 as you would a machine gun. Which means a $200 tax, and you'll have to keep a tax stamp with it all the time. And anytime you transfer that weapon to somebody else, it will require that same $200 tax stamp. Now, I don't know how far they're going to go with this. If, if they're going to try and do all weapons that are semi-automatic, just military-style weapons, will your Ruger 1022 all of a sudden be a Class Three weapon? I don't know. If they have their way, probably so. They're going to make every single semi-automatic with removable box magazine into a Class Three weapon and have to cause you to register it. And worse than that, they want you to register every magazine that holds over 10 rounds. Now, if most of you have, I would assume if you have a rifle that you're using for self-defense or for a, a, a stuff-hits-the-fan scenario, you're going to have at least six magazines for it, probably more like 10 or 12. And imagine having to pay a $200 tax on every magazine and the weapon it goes in. And if you have more than one weapon with 10 magazines each, that's just it's going to be prohibitively expensive to maintain these collections if you have them. And I just wonder how far that's going to go before people just decide, you know what, I paid for this. I'm not going to give it away to the government because it was not illegal when I bought it. There was no requirements for this. I believe it's called ex post facto, where they can't make something, they can't make you pay for something after the fact. Now, they did this with bump stocks, though. They made them illegal after they were legal, and the people had to either destroy them or hand them in with no compensation. And I don't know about the legality of that. Apparently, it was just a regulation change that they were working on. The The ATF decided, oh, we're going to change the regulation on this to make it a machine gun, which I guess that means you could have registered a bump stock. I don't know. I wonder if you could have registered it as a device and kept it for $200 and had it registered with a stamp. I don't know. I thought they were just trying to make them completely illegal. And now the ATF apparently has got their eyes on pistol braces, which to me is one of the greatest inventions of this century. For the last 20 years, pistol braces have revolutionized the way people build rifle caliber pistols, either ARs, AKs. MP5s, CZ Scorpions, you know, 9mm pistol caliber carbines, rifle caliber pistols, they're all in that same category because when you can stabilize them with a pistol brace, they're so much easier to shoot, they're so much more accurate at range, and they're so much more practical. However, there's been some talk that had one in particular that was brought under scrutiny and they had a cease and desist order. I believe it was called, uh, it was on a gun called the Honey Badger Q. And they decided that particular pistol brace was not a pistol brace and was indeed a stock. Now, I don't know if they're coming after all the other pistol braces as well. There's been some speculation that they're going to reclassify all pistol braces or pistol brace weapons as SBRs, which is a short-barreled rifle, which means, again, $200 tax stamp, registration, months to wait to get your your registration done. Now, there was precedent set years ago when they had something called a street sweeper. It, I believe it held like 12 rounds of 12-gauge shotgun ammunition in a rotating drum that you wound up, and every time you pulled the trigger, you could fire a round of 12-gauge ammunition. And it was reclassified as a destructive device, which is a Class three weapon. Now, what they did is allowed the owners, whoever had one, to register as a Class three weapon, 
without having to pay the $200. But now if they ever transferred it, the transferee would have to pay the $200 tax to get it transferred. But here they're not talking about giving any kind of leeway or grandfathering in for any of this stuff. They want to tax everybody, even if you already own it and it's your property and it was bought while it was completely legal. They want to try and revert those back and tax you for those. And I just can't believe that that's legal in any way. I'd have to get a lawyer on the phone to see about that. I mean, because it's not a law change and it's a regulation change, they would probably pass it through like that. I hope that doesn't happen, though, because, I mean, pistol braces have been a godsend for anybody shooting rifle caliber pistols. They are tremendous. They are so much more practical than any other way. Other than that, a rifle caliber pistol is pretty much just an oddity, kind of a, a curiosity. It's not very practical in any way. It's difficult to handle. It's difficult to hold. You can't shoot it very accurately without going, you know, into that pistol brace mode. So we'll have to see if that comes up. But like I say, if Biden and Harris get in, they have a bunch of things planned for us. The biggest thing is going to be that $200 tax stamp on every single magazine over 10 rounds. If if you imagine how many guns you have, how many magazines you have for each one, $200 tax on every one of those. Now, if you don't want to do this, they're going to have a buyback plan. They say buyback as if they sold it to you initially. I did not buy my weapons from the government. And uh, so selling it back to the government would not be something I would do. It'd be, they would have to be purchasing it, it, purchasing the weapon by force from somebody. All right, we're going to be right back. We'll go over more of uh, Biden's gun plan after these breaks. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Before we jump into the break, this is a good time to make sure that you're planning on voting, if you're in Georgia anyway, you're planning on voting, and this is why we have to keep the Senate. We have to keep the Senate. Vote for Loeffler and for Purdue. We have to keep the Senate. Our idiotic plans like this will be coming out of the White House like rats by the head rat. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody who doesn't identify as either one. I'm still acknowledging you. We're back. This is America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. And right before we left for the break, we were talking about the Biden-Harris gun plan. And it is a doozy. I mean... 
These people have learned, because Biden was the original author of the 1994 crime bill. He was one of the authors, and he knows what it takes to get guns banned. He did it. For 10 years, they had a ban on these weapons. I have a feeling, though, if they try and pass this again, they will not agree to any sunset clause. They will have this permanently instituted. And, okay, we were talking about tax stamps on magazines, tax stamps on guns that are semi-automatics with removable magazines, talking about a buyback. They want to put America on the path to ensuring 100% of firearms in America sold are smart guns. Now, smart guns, in case you don't know, are guns that only enable the user to shoot it by way of a microchip in a ring or a microchip in a glove. There's some identifying factor that person has to be wearing in order to unlock the weapon to allow it to fire. There's electronic locks inside the weapon. And these guns, these guns have been out since probably the 70s with marginal success because there's so many flaws and problems and issues with them working properly. I think if Biden and Harris really want this, they should start with their own secret service. Let their secret service guys start with smart guns. Let's make sure they work. If they work good enough to protect the president and the vice president, then maybe the rest of us can consider using them. But I have a feeling the politicians will exempt themselves from any of these laws. They will not be under these laws will not apply to them at all because they consider themselves elite. They consider themselves rulers, monarchs. They think they're kings and queens. They believe they're above the common peasants who have guns. They don't believe in the Second Amendment rights. Well, we're going to see if he tries to get this to go through. Hopefully, if we hold on to the Senate and can lock everything up for two years, hopefully no gun bills will be passed. And that's something that happened to Obama. He was so interested in getting his health care bill passed the first couple of years, he didn't pay attention to guns until later. By then already, the Senate had changed, or the House had changed, and there was a balance of power, and they couldn't really pass anything that was going to be unreasonable. And he actually didn't do anything that I can remember too much to harm gun rights. In fact, Obama was the one who made bump stocks legal. Under his ATF, bump stocks were made legal. So consider that. And under Trump's administration, they were made illegal. I know I like to mention that because it's not always clear-cut between Democrats and Republicans. Now, here's one big factor that Biden is coming out with. He wants to remove the Protection of Lawful Commerce Arms in Arms Act. Now, what this is, this takes away liability from gun manufacturers for people who misuse their pro- their products. Meaning, if someone gets a gun and uses it to shoot somebody, it's not the gun manufacturer's fault. Now, gun manufacturers still have to be responsible for their products in the fact that they need to work properly. And if they're manufactured incorrectly or have faulty parts, they need to be responsible for that. But they cannot be responsible in somebody else's hands what they do with a tool if they use it improperly. And he wants to try and repeal this protection, which means every time somebody gets shot, they're going to sue a gun manufacturer to try and get money from the gun manufacturer. Well, this will eventually drive every American gun manufacturer out of out of production, and most foreign gun manufacturers will not be able to sell here. So basically, he's going to put them in a chokehold to not allow them to be able to sell anything here. So we could very well be the last generation who's able to buy a weapon in the United States. This could be coming down the pike. Now, I hope 
This is not something they prioritize. He's got a lot of other things he needs to deal with. But if he jumps right into the gun thing and gets it done first, and if the Senate cannot hold him back, that's going to be a huge problem. The Second Amendment could disappear within one generation. Now, I don't know how compliance is going to be on this. Are they going to force people? Are they coming door to door? I know in New Zealand they had over 1.3 million guns that were put on a ban list, and people were required to turn them in, destroy them, get rid of them somehow. And so far, I think they've had 37 of these 1.3 million guns turned in. So they're just, they're, apparently, there's been a huge increase in boating accidents in New Zealand because they all seem to be disappearing. Non-compliance is the first step against an unjust government. I'm not saying to fight anybody. I'm not saying to shoot anybody. Just be non-compliant. If they can't force everybody to do it. However, if they decide they want to make a big noise, they're going to make examples out of somebody. And if it's not you, I suggest you go and support their defense fund. If it's somebody else, go to support their defense funds, like Kyle Rittenhouse. He was put under unfair scrutiny. He's being charged with things that he was not guilty of. Now, he has a, a huge defense fund. I donated to it, actually, because I think he was well within his rights. After seeing all the videos, he was well within his rights to defend himself. A guy almost shot him in the head came down with a weapon on him, tried to shoot him in the head, and he turned around and shot him first. And they're calling that assault, aggravated assault on the guy who tried to shoot him, even though it was pure self-defense. Hopefully this case will come around and he will be exonerated of all charges. He will countersue and get huge amounts of money so he can send people, get a scholarship, send people to college to learn the Constitution. Because if you know the Constitution, you know your right to self-defense is something that cannot be taken away from you, shall not be infringed. The Founding Fathers were so sure of this when they wrote the Constitution, the first ten amendments. They spelled out all the things the government could not make laws to infringe upon. And the Second Amendment is the second for good reason. Because without it, there's nothing to stop tyrants from taking over, running things the way they want to run it, But yet, I guarantee you, every single politician, every single monarch, every single ruler of every country is protected by guns. Although they don't want the people they rule over or or represent to have the same protections. They want you to be unprotected. Oh, you don't need a gun. You have the police department. A policeman doesn't carry a gun to protect you. He carries a gun to protect himself. And And the Supreme Court has already ruled a police do not have an obligation to get there to protect you in time. That's not their job. They respond to something. When they have to draw a chalk outline, they're the ones who come and draw the chalk line. When it's all over with, when it's all said and done, they're the ones who come and do the cleanup. When it's actually happening, it's up to you. It's up to your family. It's up to people in your household to protect yourself, protect your family, protect your property. No one else is going to do it better than you if you are properly trained. And I just can't stress this enough. And now's the time. If you haven't started training, if you don't have much, do it now. Start simple. Get an air rifle or air pistol. Practice in your basement. Practice in your backyard. Learn the basics. It's easy to do, and it's relatively inexpensive. If you want to move up from there, if you can find ammo, go to the range. Fire some rounds. If you don't know what you're doing, ask somebody for help. Take a class. Pay for help. Whatever you have to do. If you don't know anybody, ask around. See if anybody else knows anybody who can help you. 
but learn these skills. They will become crucial in the future if any of this stuff comes to pass. It's going to be it's going to be extremely difficult from here on out to try and maintain our Second Amendment rights if they get control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency and start passing all these gun control laws they want to pass, even though they're illegal. Shall not be infringed leaves no ambiguity there. There is no if, ands, or buts. Well, shall not be infringed except in the case of a COVID virus. Hmm. Then we can infringe on all the rights. Let me throw out one other thing, and and maybe you can answer this. That uh, you know, before you go running out, and yes, I, I'm totally for everybody being armed. However, there are things everybody. you can. <laughs> Pardon? I don't know about everybody. Well, most folks. <laughs> uh, but there are things that you can do to protect your house and your family that don't require a weapon. Uh, put in a good alarm system and put signage out that you have an alarm. Oh, yeah. That, that scares, uh, that'll scare somebody away because they know even though the police may not come, at least you've taken the effort to, you're going to awaken yourself, you're going to... Maybe your neighbors will wake up, too, and maybe they may have a gun. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, uh, we we are pro-protection of yourself, but at the same token, there are folks that shouldn't have weapons. And, uh, right. If you don't feel comfortable with one, by all means, do not get one if you don't feel comfortable having it, shooting it, learning it. But get an alarm system. Right. Get an alarm. Get a dog. Get better locks for your doors. Get better doors. Yep. You know, there's a ton of things you can do to protect yourself in your house. Now, when you're outside your house, things get a little more difficult. Then it's a matter of being aware of what's going on around you. Keep an eye on somebody who, if you see somebody following you or see somebody coming at you, always be aware. Keep your head on a swivel and stay frosty, my friends, because (laughs) things are only going to get worse before they get better. I have a feeling. I think you're right, Roger, and uh, it's a shame, but uh, that's where our society has gone and will continue to go. And I just, I get sick when I hear or see anybody say defund the police. That's just, that has to be the dumbest uh. statement you can make. That's, that's uh, like, well, let's let's do away with all the porta potties in the world and see how big a mess we have <laughs> probably less messy than getting rid of the police <laughs> oh yeah but anyway with that being said it's about time to put the plug in the jug to call it a day so remember head on a swivel stay frosty be aware you are your own first responder i am roger b this is locked and loaded and you've been listening to america's web radio You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.